This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Bay Area Ventures on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Irina Yen, along with my co-host, Doug Collum. And as Doug and I mentioned earlier in the show, this is a special um, Bay Area Ventures Venture Initiation Program Edition, or VIP Edition, where we will be speaking with teams from Wharton's VIP Program, which is an accelerator program open to Penn students and alumni entrepreneurs who are developing their own ventures. And it's a competitive program. Um, Companies who are accepted must demonstrate validated product market fit and measurable traction. So we're so excited to to talk to these companies and see where they are. Um, So we're thrilled to welcome our next guests, Corey Bray and Hillman Sori, the co-founders of Closed Loop, a sales management consulting company. Corey Hillman, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Thank you. All righty. So just to set the stage for our listeners, if you can give us an elevator pitch of Closed Loop, what it does. Yeah, what do you guys do? Sure. Uh, Closed Loop is a sales management consultancy based here in San Francisco. We focus on people, process, and tools, largely around scaling revenue for startups all the way through the enterprise. All right. And so, well so yeah. yeah. So, so, and then the next question is, you know, these are all seed stage companies. We have the four teams that we have coming through here today are all early stage companies. So a snapshot on what's the current state of play for closed loop? Where, where are you guys in the scheme of things? Well, Helmut and I have both been doing this for 10 years. I've done it internally at companies as uh, head of sales, as well as in sales support roles. And then Helmut was an external management consultant. So the current venture is only several months old, Yeah, but it's a new twist on an old game that we've been playing for a okay. long time. Yeah. So yeah. to talk about the, the current game then, I mean, so you're, you're, you're turning, it's a new chapter. Yep. Closed loop. And so tell us, I mean, it, kind of what are the high level metrics or high level characteristics? Well, metrics is loop. a great segue into what we actually do. Great. So we Let's work do with it. companies. <laughs> and so Let's what go. We, what we really like to do is look at the metrics that really matter to a company. What are the board level metrics, the things that the board of directors care about? Revenue, profitability, churn. And then we look at those and decompose them into their parts. We look at the activities that a sales team actually does on a daily basis, and then the resources that that team has available to them. And we look for opportunities where we can come in and have a real impact. And that's the only time when we engage with clients is when we see a gap between where they really need to be in order to get those board-level metrics where they expect them in 6, 12, maybe 24 months down the road. And then we build projects around that. So just to build on that a little bit, Corey, it's not it, those are all external metrics. What about internal things like... Um, compensation for the sales organization. Do you guys get involved in that side and the operational side as well? Well, we do. We get heavily involved in the operational side. Your example of compensation, there's a lot of people that have solved that problem. So that might be the one area where we don't actually So you don't focus. need to be there. But we, we look at things like what are the conversion rates between different stages of the sales process? So the yep. lead comes in. We qualify them. We have a demo. So you're looking at the sales a funnel. Yeah. yeah, we look at the funnel and we say, okay, well, it looks like things are getting stuck at point X. And then we dig in and try to find a way to prescribe mm-hmm. a solution. Maybe it's sales playbook. Maybe it's a better sales process. Maybe it's something around messaging or content development or like Hillman talked about tools, being able to bring in tools to automate and make more efficient solutions that we've already found to problems. So this is one of the things we always say is that tools don't solve problems. Tools make solutions to problems more efficient. Yeah. That's Our- a nuance, but... 
our new spin to, to answer that question um, really was derived out of a book that we wrote, which was called The Sales Enablement Playbook. And the idea there was that there are lots of organizations that have been involved in consulting in a siloed fashion, including ourselves. Um, we've worked in uh, sales training, management, coaching, et cetera, each as silos addressing an organization's specific needs as it relates to that division. What we were looking at is that there's been this convergence, really, which has been enabled through technology um, and just the uh, accessibility of transparency inside of an organization that what we espouse is a prospect-centric mindset that transcends the entire organization as a sales enablement ecosystem. That meaning that whether you are in accounting, whether you are in sales itself, whether you are in uh, product or marketing, you have a responsibility to revenue. And how does that responsibility to revenue correlate to your job function, both by tracking metrics in an analytical way, utilizing tools, as well as holding you accountable for professional development as an individual who holds some responsibility towards revenue so that the organization can survive? So that sounds, I mean, just to kind of pick on this and for clarity, um, that sounds like a template that kind of plays across a broad stretch of waterfront. Are you guys industry specific? Do you, do you, who are your clients? I guess is trying, what I'm trying to ask. Our clients tend to live in the marketing, sales, and customer success and support roles. That's where we have our core expertise. Yeah, but what does that mean? I mean, give me examples, maybe not of clients, but use case, categories. Right? Of companies. Categories of companies by industry? Yeah. We, we focus, uh, right now we're heavily focused in technology since we're here in San Francisco and we're also dealing with Funny organizations. How that works. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Proximity, right? Yeah. So you can't just keep looking at the gold all day long and turn yeah. your eyes away. Um, no, but really, uh, the other reason is because there is such a, uh, uh, number one, there's a heavy investment in these areas because there's an expectation of scalable growth. So tech companies. Is tech that companies now. I wouldn't That's limit good. us to tech companies, but yes, tech companies are where we're At focused. all stages? At all stages presently. We have clients that are incredibly early stage uh, working with accelerators. We have some clients that are Series B. We okay. have another client yeah. that's really large. Yeah. yeah. So how do you work with clients if, if, if they're companies who are listening right now and they want to engage closed loop? Can you walk us through, I guess, a use case, if you will? What's that? So you start with identifying or they come to you and say, we need help. We're scaling. Well, and you do a diagnostic? Or yeah, a lot of times what, what we found is that companies start looking around and saying, well, what's out there? Mm -hmm. And if you type sales enablement into Amazon, our book's the first thing that comes up. Mm -hmm. That's so a good thing. That's, right. that's <laughs> <a> good thing. <laughs> well placed. <laughs> and, and, and that's a great way to find out if, if it might be a fit because there you get a pretty in-depth look at how do we think, right. what types of problems do we do we generally solve? Because there's a million consultants out there. But it's hard to distinguish who's who's actually a consultant and who's a view, contractor. Right? A lot of noise. Who's in between jobs, but who's actually trying yeah. to build a practice right. out of this. There's a lot of noise. And so that's that's where we'd like to start is read the book as step one. And then as step two, come in and go through the sales math exercise. So we actually have a, I call it a product. It's a big fancy Excel sheet mm -hmm. where we walk through what I, what I was talking about earlier, where we decompose those board level metrics into actual activities and resources. And at that point, we're two meetings in, and we have a mathematical-based uh, approach <laughs> and say, look, here's opportunities for us to work together. Right. And maybe there's not. Maybe you've already got everything dialed in, at which point we just say, let's stay in touch. Let's, let's chat in six months. 
It helps us to prioritize, though. A lot of times, uh, there's a lot of buzz out there around things that are sales enablement tools, or maybe an organization thinks that they need sales training, or you know, a, a VC has told them that to scale, this is what you need to right. do effectively. Right. So what this does really is boil down those priorities into a number of things. One, what is the low-hanging fruit that's actually going to correlate to achieve the metrics that you're trying to tre- achieve as an organization? What can you afford, right? right? And where do you have resources to allocate? And how do you triage these types of things? And then again, where does our expertise lie in this whole, you know, scheme? So let me let me ask let me shift the conversation a little bit and ask um, a question about where. So company's been around in this configuration for four months. Do you have other employees? Just the two of you guys so far. Well, it's, it's the two of us, and then we have alliances with some other contractors okay. that we pull in. And, and without going into dollars or valuations, you've raised money. So I mean, you've got capital that's come into you from outside investors. We've raised quite a bit of money from customers. Oh, really? Well, that's, <laughs> called, that's called revenue. That's, that's called old revenue, school right. approach. I know, but I like right. we're talking Organic. about fundraising. Yeah. I was, you know, to directly answer the question, I love saying that in San Francisco. It makes people smile. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, to clarify on that, you're talking about revenue or you're talking about yeah, capital about infusions revenue. from customers? Yeah, we're talking about revenue. Okay. Yeah, so uh, for the consulting practice, it's it's not a capital-intensive business. Okay. It's, it's essentially Hillman and I doing what we do. Yeah. And then we, we also wrote a second book, which we brought you both a copy of today oh, called you. Sales Development. So we're cranking out the content. And what we're really trying to do is take this whole idea of sales consulting to a new level. Because what we found is that a lot of times the consultants will come in with things that are fairly basic and they might know something different than what their clients know, mm-hmm. but it might only be a step or two ahead of, of where they're at today. Mm-hmm. So our idea is let's open source a bunch of this basic knowledge, make it freely accessible or for $18 on Amazon. And then <laughs> we can come in and actually bring the, the high impact consulting advice. And so we're working on uh, higher level projects that have more. We're big, we're big on frameworks. And those frameworks, you may have the expertise internally to go ahead and to execute on those frameworks. And that's awesome. And if you don't, then we've got expertise that we can contribute. So I I have a question, which is, I mean, you're one of the four VIP teams that are coming through in in our two-hour program. So I'm curious, question for both Hillman and Corey, why did you enter into the VIP program at Wharton? I I mean, Corey... You guys clearly have experience doing this in other chapters, and now you're coming in. You're four months old in this configuration, and this isn't a promotion or an infomercial about Wharton San Francisco. It's more like what did you expect to get out of the accelerator program here at Wharton? Yeah, well, when we started the accelerator program, we were building a software product, (laughs) and what we expected was to either accelerate that path or to pivot and find a different path. So you pivoted. Yeah, I, we call it a flip. flip. It's not a pivot. So Hellman, why why do we call it a flip? The mid course correction. <laughs> I'll tell I, you I really quickly why we call it a flip. It, it is a one eighty degree. I'll tell you why we called it a flip, and and I do have to say that it was largely attributed to the dialogue and discussions that we had in the VIP program, which just helped us go from you know a cocoon to this thing that we consider a yeah. butterfly so far. Um, we were really focused on the software product that had automated the function of. Uh, sales coaching through a knowledge management tool. So, I won't go so too in-depth into it. I mean, it. you had in mind something in the lines of a platform. Oh, yeah. Is that the idea? We were creating a platform that could be utilized across the sales enablement ecosystem yeah. prior to us publishing this book. This is something that we theorized, that all of these organizations should have a feedback loop, thus the name closed loop, around their efforts to scale revenue. So what happened? Well, what happened was we'd go out to organizations and people would say, gosh, Hillman, Corey, the product looks fantastic. Tell you what, though, we're missing a few things. We 
don't have a playbook. We don't have a process. We don't have a sales methodology. We don't really understand our competitive differentiation. X, Y, Z. Is there any way you can help with that? So being so the geniuses. So you step back down the, the analytical chain. Just a few minutes to step back. First, yeah. we decided, well, let's just throw in the professional services for, free, for free. So that they buy the, so that they buy the software right. product. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after spending a lot of hours on the professional services side and realizing that that's where our inherent value right. was, we thought, why don't we flip this around and start selling the professional services and eventually see if, um, you know, if folks catch up to the idea. So the now product. you're no longer a uh, no longer a platform. You're no longer a technology company. I mean, as you guys scale and you bring in headcount, all your resources will be go- going home at night. Is that th- is that how you see it today? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And so it's and what and you made this flip, Hillman. Yes. It's flip. It's I mean, a flip. You, ma- you made this within the course of the four month time frame that you guys have been around. We yep. did. So this was like a revelation. It was like a lightning bolt came it out. Really so what, what yeah, it really was. What the hell are we doing? Re- absolutely. Well, saving resources <laughs> and time. You know, that's what the figure it out there instead of continuing on for another year. Well, yeah. and it was also one of those things where in the room, even even in the room with some of our colleagues or, or cohort that you've spoken to uh, over the course of this two hours, you know, people lit up when they heard about our expertise. I wouldn't say it was a collective snooze around the product, but let's just say they got more excited hearing about our individual yeah. expertise as it relates to consulting than they did around their product. <laughs> so, again, kind of stepping away a little bit from the business model and talking to you guys as as co-founders of this new company, I mean, what? Do, what how do you feel about it so far? I mean, it, it sounds like you're having fun. We're having a lot. Well, I've lost 30 pounds <laughs> since so, we so? flipped from software to, to consulting. So that's a, that's a physical indication. <laughs> I've been wearing collared shirts on my hair. <laughs> so, yeah. so we want to talk about your weight loss. Are you guys? So um, it sounds like, I mean, where you are today, four months down the road, I mean, there are some fundamental changes in the way you thought about the business, which are, I mean, has it been a... Um, I'm, I'm reaching for words. Has it been a fun experience? Has it been a stressful experience? Has it been educational? I, I mean, I would not say stressful. No, uh, I would say it's been incredible fun. Little quick backstory: uh, Corey was a client of mine a number of years ago. We've had a really strong working relationship since then, mm-hmm. um, and the fun is in the enjoyment and working together. We also have a nice mind meld around how we go about doing this. And I will say this one thing: that we have not abandoned the mindset that it takes to grow a software company and to disrupt an industry and to affect change in that way. So what, just, what is that mindset? It's, it's a mindset of that, that you can abandon the status quo, that you can leverage efficiencies, that you can, you can look at technology from the vantage point of how does this actually create gain for an organization versus just creating something for the sake of creating something as vapor, right? Um, and, and that level of impact and also just being a little brazen in going after it you know i think that the conversations that we're having with companies at least the feedback that we're getting are that it's very different than the types of experiences they've had in any kind of consulting engagement previously and we like that and we also you know Corey's a genius when it comes to um process and analysis and developing tools that are effective and we like to disseminate these in open source again these are terms that folks usually use as it relates to software we had a conversation just this day this morning where someone was saying you know i want to protect my ip and this is another consulting firm and we're like those days are old i I literally handed him a book and said here's our ip yeah take the ip like the more this is out here get smart that's right yeah that's it if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Corey Bray and Hillman Sori, the co-founders of Closed Loop, and they're telling us about this process where they shifted um, 
shifted their business and, and, and what's coming out of it. So how is it going so far? I mean, working with clients, I mean, does it also require um, a culture shift within the companies that you're advising? How's, how's it going? It, it requires less of a culture, culture shift than using software. Mm -hmm. Software that's, is pretty rigid. Yes, that's true. Whereas uh, with consulting, a lot of times, if we really find that one place to start, we can find a quick win that at least most people are pretty on board with. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hillman said that we think about things differently than some consultants. And I th it might be because we built a software product. It might be just who we are. But we tend to walk in with opinions. We're not going to tell you what to do right out of the gate. But, hey, we can have a 30-minute conversation. And we can say, hey, we've got opinions on this. It's not one of those things where we say, yeah. well, it depends. Let's spend <laughs> three months uh, poking around. And then potentially we might make some type of judgment at the end of that that's that's not really how we operate and people tend to some people like that some people hate it but right. you know well plus if you're working with early stage or scaling companies time is of the essence resources Absolutely. are scarce so if you're going to come and say help us be efficient especially on the sales and revenue side we're open and it sounds like they're embracing it so far yeah <laughs> yeah it's exciting we, we actually have just it's amazing that in this short four months we've had a ton of just referrals of people just saying wow. you should talk to these guys just have a conversation and we welcome those on any level so how I've is it in dollars and cents can i mean when you work with these clients right now it's you had mentioned hillman people process and tools when you go in you do a diagnostic you look at the data to back up kind of what you're um what you think is going on after doing interviews and that sort of thing how how long does it take? I mean, because sometimes it's, a, it's an organizational shift. If it's like people, they have to implement tools or frameworks, that sort of thing. And then there's a lead time when, in the sales cycle. So how much time does it take usually when they engage it, depending on how deep the problem is or the issue is, the challenge is? Well, here's the beauty. In, you, in doing sales math, uh, I think I mentioned we can triage and identify low-hanging fruit <coughs> where we've got priority and opportunity. And the beauty of being sales management consultants is that the bottom line is truly the bottom line. Right. Like if we're, we're either helping, you can yeah. revenue or we're not, right? Um, the beauty, though, is that we... I'll give you an example of a, a founder we were working with recently, um, uh, biotech space. He had... He has... He's uh, raised some funds. We were introduced to him through his VC, and uh, the initial conversation was around how can we immediately impact revenue. He was going to a trade show two weeks after he had our conversation with us. So he said, look, here's an, an excellent opportunity to try some of these techniques and to employ and... and uh, uh, what do you call it, to establish a process around how you're going to engage on this trade show, what you're going to say, and how you're going to convert leads thereafter. So we did a two-week project with him, and he's ecstatic. He came out of that with how many leads has he got? Fifteen. Fifteen leads. Good. Um, good, good, good leads. Fifteen good leads in a highly specialized industry um, right. that he's now going to convert. So now he's engaged us for the next step, which is like, help me close some business. So we say, sure, we'll help close business there. And then once you've got revenue that makes sense, we'll go ahead and scale this and show you how to scale your sales team. So that's, okay. that's what's fun. Yeah. Yeah. We can do short. We had one. He was on vacation. I closed the, opened the conversation, closed the deal, and delivered it by the time he got back. <laughs> That's See, he doesn't need me. But now we've got a, <laughs> But now we've got another logo right. and a successful project with a client. Whereas one we've got that's going to be a year-long client that's that's under yeah, yes, it's, it's under retainer it's engagement. Yeah, yeah. this is great because you guys are entrepreneurs too. So when you're working Absolutely. with founders, you get it. You get that resources are straight. You get the pressure, the sleepless nights, the wake, all of it, the whole nine. So it's really great that you're able to give that back in in, the, in this way. It you know, feels as you great, yeah. and it's a consistent challenge. Someone was asking us the other day, you know, about the question about are we having fun, and it's great. We we go from working with a uh, big data company to working with a biotech company to working with a software platform that's that's fairly well known to working in construction tech all inside of 24 hours. That's amazing. That's a lot of fun. So um, 
to shift gears, I mean, they, they say that one of the leading causes of death for early stage companies <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> is, is falling out of co-founders. And oh. uh, the first team we ca- had came in was, uh, you know, clearly they had spent time together that over hard times and good times, um, real focus on lifestyle as well as uh, b- traction in their business and so forth. You guys clearly seem to have great chemistry. We hate each other. <laughs> yeah, I was All say, show. But, I mean, just to kind of to level set on it, I mean, you guys have hit some speed bumps in four months. You've you've completely reconfigured the business of the company. You're driving forward. You know, I don't for a moment doubt that there's a, f- a fair level of stress in trying to make forward motion. I mean, how if, – if for people who are listening in thinking, okay, I'm thinking about doing a startup company – how important is it to have a compatible co-founder? I mean, is it really, you know, it sounds like you can both work independently, you know, whatever. I'm just thinking, what's what's your sense of the importance of the chemistry between co-founders as an ingredient of success for an early stage company? I think uh, a couple things. Uh, compatibility would, might be difficult to define. Um, I think accountability is key that you have to have trust. I know, I mean, he just said, he, you know, opened, sold, closed, and delivered on a deal while I was in Dubai for a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's better than that? No, but really, like, we, there, there is very little overlap of the Venn diagram regarding our skill sets, enough so that we can come together and work collaboratively, not so much so that it's like that there's, you know, egos involved or that we, we don't have an uh, opportunity to scale, you know, with bandwidth around those things. But the other thing is, you know, every day I wake up, I'm uh, two things. I'm grateful that Corey is my business partner in this, and I'm grateful for the work that we're doing. Like, it's just, f- there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. And I don't know, and not every day is that way. Right. <laughs> Some days I might rather be at the beach, but there's never a business that I'd rather be doing. There's never an organization I'd rather be working in. And I think we, we also each have a level of, and this, I don't know how this works for every organization, but we have a, lot of, a level of maturity around our expect- expectations around the business. We expect things to be challenging. We've both been through challenges in other roles and organizations that we've worked in before. We've seen it. We talk to a lot of people. And we have reasonable expectations and we measure them with what's right in front of our face. It's like through Friday, then it's through this month, then it's through this quarter. And we celebrate our wins. You know, we go to our steak dinners across the street and you know, <laughs> the yeah. wins the wins will get bigger and the yeah. celebrations will too. I don't know, Corey, what do you think? Yeah, no, that's that's great. I think I totally agree with everything you said. And yeah, the the co founder compatibility needs to be there. It's hard to find co founders. Right. And so yeah. I, and it's really hard to find them if you don't have any traction yet. And so I wouldn't get too hung up on not doing entrepreneurship if you can't find a co-founder. Just do it. Assume that you're going to spend three times as much money as you think you will. That's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried about that, if you're one of the people that thinks that you're losing if your bank account doesn't go up in value every month, then don't do it and go work at Microsoft. But if you really don't care if you lose everything you have, then it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. So, so let me ask, I mean, just... Um, to put it in perspective, um, is your model, so the two of you guys working together, it sounds like you've gotten traction in this new configuration, this flip, Corey, or Hillman, that you've been talking about. Is this the kind of, <clears throat> as your business goes forward, will it scale? Do you anticipate adding headcount? Yep. Yes. <clears throat> sounds like you're almost there now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean is that something that's in reasonable term yeah, going so forward in addition to delivering the projects we're aggressively productizing 
everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we're either productizing it and open sourcing it in the form of books, yep. which we have two more that are yep. under development right now, or you. we're productizing it in the form of spreadsheets, Word documents, frameworks, different things that we can deliver. Yeah. And so as we find more projects that look like each other, mm-hmm. then we can bring people in behind us and support those. Yeah. What, what so, do you think about the Bay Area as a place, as a kind of a beachhead for your your, your opening chapter for this business? I mean, technology I, in the Bay Area, it's hard to ignore the gold that's lying around here. But, I mean, do you guys see this as being scaling into other sectors and other geographies? How do you guys think about it? Absolutely other geographies. Um, We're already talking to organizations that are outside of our geography. We've got a a client in Canada. We're in discussions with an organization that's based in France. Um, And we're transplants, you know, from from, uh, Texas and from Illinois. So we we, we definitely (laughs) would love to move around the country. Um, As far as a beachhead for staff, I think that, this is a great place to cultivate talent uh, for a consulting organization. I think that the amount um, and variety of experience that you can get here is significant. I don't know if it's significantly more than elsewhere, but it's definitely significant. Um, And I think that we've got a good 80% of our clients based here. So this is probably where they'll come from. Good place to start. Are you both from the Bay Area? No, Chicago. Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been in the Bay Area? Oh, early? <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. Oh, so this is home. This is home now. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the weather. Yeah. yeah, I've been here about three. So far, so good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, because yeah. I, I do know that there has been a, I mean, for companies that are growing, there's always a lot of comment about traffic and cost of living and talent acquisition and so forth, all the challenges that growing businesses face. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, we're going in the right direction in terms of talent acquisition because- you can almost run a consulting business with people like Uber drivers from a mindset perspective. Yeah. Say, hey, I don't want to go get a full-time job and do the same thing, right. working for the same person every day. Mm-hmm. I just want to do work when I want to do work, and I want to go hang out on a beach somewhere when I don't. Yeah. That's cool. All righty. Well, this has gone by way too fast, you guys. Um, for those of you joining us, we've been speaking with this this hour with Corey Bray and Hillman Story, the co-founders of Closed Loop. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks today. for having us. Yeah. Great discussion. So, where can our listeners go to learn more about Closed Loop or potential clients who are listening? Closedloop.com, C L O Z E loop.com, okay. or check us out on Amazon.com, Sales Enablement, the Sales Enablement Playbook, and Sales Development are our two books. All right. Great. So, just ahead, uh, we'll be talking with Joanne Jang, who's the co founder of Lady Mary, a virtual wedding planner app that will help you plan for your big day. I'm Doug Collum. I'm here with Irina Yen. You're listening to Bay Area Ventures on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.